Selflessness. Selflessness is a mode that people leaders, parents, friends, and family members can find themselves not just flexing into, but sometimes feeling trapped in the mode of always putting others first. This can be exhausting and emotionally draining, and some don't even realize how much energy is being used to maintain it. The truth is, you'll never be able to relinquish the responsibilities of leadership. Instead, you must realize that one of the responsibilities of leadership is to put some time aside to put you first. Or as Sam Smith would say, love me more. So the challenge is to find two to three times in the next week to focus on yourself, to be the best you in 2022. And if you can keep it going, you could be the best me in 2023. I'm Neely Atkins, and we are The Recognition. The recognition. My name is Neely. Here with Kaylee. Kaylee, I don't know why I didn't ask you this before, but I have a very important question for you. Hit me. What is your preferred breakfast carb? Is it the pancake, the waffle, or the French toast? Wow. This is really difficult. Each one has such wonderful qualities. I, I knew I was not going to get a straight I, answer out of a I breakfast do, I connoisseur. Do. I had to. I had to give the. Bre- I had to butter up the breakfast metaphorically and physically. You, you literally have I mean. to butter it, yeah. <laughs> and because uh, all breakfast is good, but pancakes, pancakes take the win. It's so basic. Yep. You want to know why? My papa, my grandpa, he makes the best chocolate chip pancakes on this planet. Buttermilk chocolate chip pancakes. So shout out. Buttermilk, Papa Joe. chocolate chip, pancakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. My grandpa also made a mean pancake, uh, and he was in the Navy. He was a, a chef in the Navy. Um, so, of course, he didn't write any of this stuff down. Um, so, he left us several years ago, but never wrote down that pancake recipe. So, we've just, like, our whole family's been trying to recreate <laughs> what it is we think we remember. We're very close. I think uh, my aunt Debbie's the closest, and I, I I make them the most often. But yeah, okay, fine. Pancakes are are good. Pancakes are good, but French toast is like yours, the yours real deal. Toast. Oh my gosh, French you can toast. do a lot with French toast, berries, and oh just all the works. Like imagine if you live in France, that's your toast. Like, but is everyday it, toast? Is it really? I I'm no, make, <laughs> I'm making this up. Uh, so hey, we had a conversation with our very own Abby Gagolski. Uh, she had just recently came off her SHRM CP certification. Uh, we've kind of been celebrating her all week um, because we know how big of a deal that is to get certified and, and especially that initial certification. That's sort of step one, a very long step of certifications to be an HR professional. We love SHRM. They're good friends of ours. We're going to be at the SHRM National Convention in June. So I thought it would be you know, a great perspective to get, you know, as somebody to that's maybe already been through the SHRM certifications to sort of look back and, you know, see these fresh eyes go through it. Or, you know, for somebody who might be considering going into this certification process, kind of what to expect and, and things like that. So what are the takeaways from our conversation with Abby? I'd say the biggest takeaway was that it's very worth it, despite how difficult it can be. We talked about 
how there's about a 67% pass rate. And Abby did pass on the first try. So kudos to her. Um, And it was honestly just really wonderful to talk to someone else. We're both in our 20s and our careers and just hearing Abby go after it like that and go after the certification that she wants is just really great to see. Yeah. And even though, you know, she was playing down, you know, how important this CP level test is. I mean, here's some of the facts. Four hours in length, 134 questions, 55 of them are knowledge-based, but then 55 are situational judgment items, which I'm not going to throw shade at Sherm. That only equals 110, not 134, but still a big mamma jamma of a test, right? That you're spending months and months to prepare for, you know, only two thirds of the people actually succeed on their first try. So tons of pressure. She overcame it. She did it. Shout out to Abby and to everybody else that has successfully gotten their SHRM certification. Without further ado, here is Abby Gogolski, SHRM CP. We're here with Abby Gogolski, who I need to now add a few letters after your, your, your name. Six. Six letter. Well, and then and then there's a hyphen in there. Yes. Sherm yeah. CP. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. That's actually what we're here to talk about. Um, Kaylee is in the room as well. Kaylee, any letters after? Your, I did not mean to shame no, you into no, your lack you know, of letters. Not yet, but we're on <gasps> our way. We are working Do on it. our letters. We're on our way to Yay. CRP. For sure. For sure. But for our listeners that maybe aren't HR people, can we, can we spell out the letters here? I really wish I could. So- Actually, let's leave it to Abby because I'm sure that was one of the questions uh, on the test. So Abby is in our HR department here at Bobville Brands. We wanted to bring her in and talk about her recent experience with the Sherm CP certification. Um, so yes, I think a logical place to start is what do these letters mean? What do they mean? So Sherm, as uh, some people may or may not be familiar with, is the Society of Human Resources Management. Um, they have been around for, for a while, and they're a really important part of the human resources um, field, and a lot of people really respect them, and they have great resources. I think that's really what's most important for them is they are a society versus like a certification program only, so they are much more focused on the networking part and creating um a place for people to go to learn and to bring, you know, their problems and their ideas to help, um, you know, make HR a better field overall. Um, and then the CP is the certified professional. So um, that's the lower level, the basic level of um, their different certification levels. So it's where you start. Um, so it's, I'm very excited that, you know, two, two, almost three years into my HR professional career, I can now say I am a certified professional. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And passing on the first try. Boom. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, a pretty big goal. Um, I'm surprised not that I did it, but that um, it was, you know, a lot of people tell you it's hard. It's a hard test. And to clarify the letters that will soon be after mine and Neely's names, the CRP stands for Certified Recognition Professional. Um, it's a part of RPI, which is Recognition Professionals International. Woo woo! Lots of fun words and letters. So back to Abby. Abby, can you give us a rundown of what your college background was, what you studied there, how much time you spent in the field before you got into certification? 
So I started at a community college and um, mostly because it was cheaper and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had a lot of different interests, but mainly I wanted to help people. I think that was that has always been um, a core of my person is helping people. Um, so just finding where I wanted to go from there. So I took generic business courses because I figured um, it would be the most marketable wherever I wanted to go because I didn't know where I wanted to go. Um, so I got an associate's degree in business administration, and then I went off to a four-year college. Um, it was the first time away from home, too, so it was like a huge transition in my life, and I'm so grateful for that experience um, and just figuring out what I wanted to do. And I decided HR was the thing, human resources, because I felt like I saw a lot of inequity in the positions that I was in in work, and I had some really good representation of good HR leaders in my life at the time. So I started with that, and then um, at Eastern Michigan University is where I graduated from. They actually have a college branch of SHRM, so you get to start discussing the SHRM topics and kind of evaluating what that means at a theoretical level, and there's a convention which some of you are actually going to. I'm so excited for you guys. Um, But they have the collegiate levels compete in these conventions where they are given questions like you would see on the SHRM test and you have to answer them and answer them the most correct. You don't get multiple choice. But um, that's kind of where it started for me was, you know, I knew that I could get certified through this um, program or through this society. And it was really something that, I saw as an achievement to like, I have arrived at what I needed to do to be a successful HR person. So it's kind of crazy to be there now and look back and think, wow, that was 2017 when I first started with within SHRM. And, you know, now I feel very validated that all of the hard work has, you know, come to fruition. Definitely. So you figured out that HR was the place for you and you started competing at the collegiate level. So what really was the main driver for deciding to take the exam now? Was it just the next logical step for you? I think the cool thing about these different certifications, and there are several different ones, um, is that HR is becoming a more strategic part of business. I mean, even in the last you know, four years or two years, really, where we've seen a lot of HR needing to be involved and being really important parts of business and strategic planning. Um, It's important for us, if we want to be in those spaces, to have some kind of credibility, you know, like accountants, they have certified public accounting exams, like that defines them as a certain level of expectation and what they can do. And I think that's just the next logical step for HR as a career option as a as a function of a business is to have some credibility so that we can then come into those spaces and be strategic. And um, I knew that if that was my ultimate goal was to be a strategic partner and to make people's lives better, I had to have the credentials to be able to back up my ideas. That's great. And I think, uh, you know, the difference um, in being a practitioner versus actually going through a certification process is you get kind of like the book rules on it and then you see like the real life application. So, you know, going through this journey of studying for and then, you know, obviously taking the exams, what are some major takeaways from that preparation that you were able to immediately bring into your work? Yeah, um, I would say first off, you have to go into the test knowing 
that it is not connected to your business at all, that it's not based around what your normal day is. I think that was the hardest part being a practitioner and studying is it's all based on the federal level as well. So even my state laws that I'm used to are not applicable in a lot of the situations and a lot of the answers. So um, it was difficult, I would say, to try and take everything that I was learning from the studying portion of it, the knowledge-based part of it, and applying it to my daily life. But um, it did give me more depth of knowledge and foundational knowledge, I think, that will influence, especially over the, you know, I'll see more influence coming out of the test rather than studying through it. Because now that I have those foundational things, I'll have information to draw on rather than being studying to pass a test that's not based on my real life. So you mentioned a couple of differences, obviously, on, you know, a federal level law and implications versus, you know, your day job. Obviously, you live in a certain state that has different rules. Are there some examples of, you know, differences that popped up that like, oh, I didn't realize that we were were unique in that way or that we require these things or or not? Or, you know, what are the things that were the most interesting to you as you went through the preparation? Um, I would say the most interesting things... And the most differences, um, for our state, I think the easiest one to draw upon is uh, minimum wage. Um, Obviously, the federal minimum wage and state minimum wages are different, which is good. Um, And practically, I would say there is a lot of things that we do in our business that are more specific. Like we have a more HR friendly environment than a lot of places do, whereas a lot of these HR exams are very focused on more manufacturing focused environments. So that was a little bit different to think of it being a little bit more um, rigid, whereas I feel like in other spaces and even with my previous employer, um, there was a little bit more fluidity and a little bit more buy-in, I guess, whereas with the um, SHRM exams, it's a lot more, um, yeah, again, based on structure. Hey there, thanks for listening so far. Just a quick time out to tell you that we're all new here and we're really looking forward to connecting with other like-minded people leaders like you that seek to create a more engaging and grateful culture at work. That's why we've created a group on LinkedIn as a place to share stories and information, engage in conversations and to meet new people. The link to this group is in the episode description or just simply search The Recognition on LinkedIn. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, now back to the episode. So you've talked a little bit about how different it was going from thinking about state level to federal level, and maybe that could be one of the challenging aspects, but I'm wondering what other roadblocks or obstacles or just really challenging aspects um, you were faced with when you were studying and taking the exam. It is something that's difficult, and you'll hear it over and over again. I actually um, I had a question about my test. So I called their um, customer service representative line and the customer service representative, wonderful person, helped me out, did everything right, actually said, it's a really hard test. People pass it, but it's really hard. So every time I would go and tell somebody I was taking it, they would say, it's really hard. (laughs) Um, So that in itself, people telling you that it's hard was a barrier. And knowing that 
it has a 68 percent 67 68 pass rate at the first time was just a mental block that i had to get over and i think the biggest help that i received to get over that barrier was i took a boot camp with a person that does hr certifications so the biggest takeaway that i took away from that was you don't need to get a hundred percent to pass if you get a 75, they are not going to give you 75% of a certificate. You will pass. So that is what I needed to hear. I needed to hear that I didn't have to get them all right because that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like I needed to do everything right in order to pass because it's really, really hard. Did you get more than 75% right? I don't know yet. Oh, you don't know yet? Yeah, I don't know. They just give you pass-fail and then once you, um, I think they give you your percentages a week out. And they break it down by category. So I can tell what categories I'm not good or good at. Fun. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay. Well, now that you have completed it and you've got all of your letters, what advice would you give someone who might be considering getting their first SHRM certification? I would say do it. It's so validating to have it be completed, especially as a young HR professional where you're coming into spaces where you're not sure if that's where you're welcome yet or where you've earned yet. So to have those letters behind your name visually for everybody to see externally, but also to know that you achieved that gives you a little bit more confidence to come into those spaces. All right, Abby. Well, it's been an exciting week here celebrating you. What's been your favorite part? Was it the nameplate? Was it the new business cards? Was it going out to lunch? What, what, what's your favorite part of celebrating completing and passing the test? I would say the support of the people that helped me get there and the people that I work with. I mean, the nameplate is cool. It's been a goal that I've like envisioned in my mind for a long time, kind of being the mantra that keeps pushing me forward. But at the end of the day, to have somebody see that it's an accomplishment for you and feel excited for you, as excited as you feel for yourself, it just feels really validating. Very deserved. Yeah, that's awesome. A great first step. First step. First of many letters of the alphabet to put after that name. Yeah. Well, thank you, Abby, for joining us and telling us about your experience. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Abby. Thanks for joining us today. And special thanks to The Fracture and Jay Matthews for their original music. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every week that will touch on the topics that are important to HR and people leaders like you. If you have any recommendations or feedback, or if you are looking to partner on creating a more engaging recognition program, you can contact us at podcast at recognition.com. And as always, thank you. <laughs>